Thank you for listening to the Martinis and the Macabre podcast. This show contains graphic content and explicit language. It is intended for immature adult audiences. Listener discretion is advised. beautiful bean footage that dog's dead totally dead he's cute dog yeah i have some of the strangest customers yeah we know that we've discussed this many times yesterday i was talking to a regular a buddy of mine who does he listen to our show he doesn't listen to podcasts at all. Then I, he's not our buddy. Well, every once in a while he comes in with a shirt that says geeky clothing on it. He's my fucking buddy. Oh, okay. And we're talking about the new Aquaman movie. If right? you guys don't know geeky clothing, just go back. Yeah. <laughs> go back to the beginning, geeky, the early days. Geeky clothing's dead. It's dead. Anyway, <laughs> um, we're talking about the new Aquaman movie coming out, right? Because we're nerds. And there's this woman. I wouldn't say she's drunk. I'd just say she's she's her. She's been drinking? No. She's her. She's just, she's her. And we're talking about Aquaman. And I guess she made a connection with water. She's like, I got cousins down in Florida wrestle gators with their bare hands. I think you might even know them. What? Yeah, you, yeah, your ears did not <laughs> fail you. You heard that. And I looked at him and I'm like, what the fuck? Of course it was Florida. I said, what? And she said, my two cousins. They're the Connor. They're the. They're the she said they're the Connor brothers. You probably know them. They're down in Florida right now, and they wrestle Gators every chance they get. And in my head, I didn't say it out loud, <laughs> but in my head, I was like, I did not know that about you. But if you'd have given me three guesses, I think I might have arrived. <laughs> that would have been more than enough chances. <laughs> she said. Yep, I used to go down there, and I used to help them all the time. I would take care of the iguanas. Man, them iguanas. And then I would take goldfish <laughs> and feed them to the piranhas. You ever stuck your hand in a piranha tank? And oh, I said, God. what? I said, Did she lift up her stub? No. <laughs> <laughs> you ever stick your hand in a piranha tank? <laughs> <laughs> she holds up. She holds up. She holds <laughs> She holds up, oh my god, I can't remember his name, but remember Happy Gilmore? The dude uh, with the wooden oh, hand? yeah. <laughs> She's a white person, she holds up a black wooden hand. <laughs> She's like, you should try sometime, but only with the little ones. The big ones, they bite you really hard, but the little ones, nibble, nibble, nibble. Oh, God. I was like, are you fucking serious? Why is this happening? Of course, the, the Florida connection would yeah. only be met in your store. Yeah, and... <laughs> The thing is, is I don't know this woman from Adam, but I swear to God, if she walked up to me on the sidewalk and was like, I got cousins, wrestling gators in Florida, I'd be like, I believe you. I believe you. Yeah, I bet, I'll bet you do. That's her claim to fame. My cousins, wrestle gators in Florida. I'm halfway famous. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you ain't even the one doing it. Your cousin's putting in the work. Yeah. Why don't you get off their fucking coattails? You Freeloader. <laughs> so today that customer came in, mm-hmm. not her, the regular, the regular your buddy came in, you know, yeah. And he was like, "So, 
you stick it to your hand any piranha tanks lately? I was like, no, but I mean, I don't know. <laughs> and then like Paul, the beer salesman was there when hey, all this Paul. happened. <laughs> hey, Paul. He was there when all this happened, right? And mm-hmm. me and him were buddies. And like He's trying not to laugh. So when he leaves, I'm like, what the fuck? Did I just have a stroke? What happened? <laughs> and we started laughing about it and joking and stuff. And he was like, Billy. <laughs> What if putting your hands in a piranha tank is the best thing that's ever happened to anybody? It's exfoliating. And we just don't know. We're just dumb. I was like, yeah, I guess that needs to go on my bucket list. I need to put my hand in a piranha tank at some point. No, don't do that. If you feed them fish, look at them. They're, 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 they got beady eyes and their teeth are really sharp. Arr. They're mighty aggressive. Yeah. I don't see the point of doing it. Tad bit. <laughs> I would not add that to your bucket list. We yeah. Martinis and Macabre does not approve of sticking your hand in a piranha tank. Yeah, this podcast or is... any river or body of water infested by said piranhas. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Please do not attempt putting <laughs> your body parts in a piranha tank or wrestling gators. Just stop it. Just leave them alone. <laughs> just, just don't go near them. They'll fucking kill you. Don't wrestle them. Don't catch them. Don't tape up their mouths. Just. If you wrestle gators and a gator puts you in a death roll, sorry, you had it coming. He's yep. probably sick of your shit. Ain't gonna try and save you. There ain't no saving you. That's what I think happens every time I watch those videos of a guy getting death rolled by an alligator. Mm-hmm. I bet you right before that happened, the alligator's like, he puts his fucking hands on me one more fucking time. I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take his fucking <laughs> hands. Watch. Next thing you know, he's like, chomp, roll, mm-hmm. roll, roll, roll. Yep. <laughs> Alright guys, welcome to Martinis and the Macabre, the podcast where we drunkenly discuss morbid murders, mysteries, and mayhem. And, and cousins. Occasionally, cousins from Florida, wrestling gators. Get over here, you little gator. <laughs> my name's Erica. I'm joined by my husband and co-host, Billy. I bet one of the gators was named Sassafras. Ooh, that's a good name for a gator. That's what I would name a gator. Sassafras. If I had a gator. Mm-hmm. Get down there, Sassafras. <laughs> Sassafras, let go of my arm. <laughs> No, bad sassafras. Bad sassafras. <laughs> what if she named all the piranha? Probably. That one's Jasper. That one's Casper. They're brothers, and they're not. But <laughs> <laughs> she probably did, and that's probably exactly what she named them. <laughs> Jasper, get out of the way. Jonah's gotta eat. <laughs> now, now, hold on, hold on. That's my finger. <laughs> Oh my god, I don't know why, but I can picture her running across the parking lot of my store screaming with a piranha on each finger going, ah! <laughs> I quit my job and live as a monk the rest of my life because I've now seen everything. Nothing else, nothing can surprise me anymore. I see that. Somebody just screaming at their hand with piranhas attached to all the fingers. Why, Jasper? <laughs> I trusted you. <laughs> gave you my heart <laughs> i know go fish you get out of here <laughs> you get you get Ooh, okay my cheeks are starting to hurt okay so oh there are so many times where i tell little stories on here and erica later on will be surprised because there's time i don't think erica thinks it anymore but i think there was a time when erica thought i said things just to make people laugh then I mentioned it later on in the week, just in conversation, like, during dinner. Well, because there have been times you're like, hey, just go along with this. Yeah, like, one, once or twice, but most of them And are... surely, hopefully, you guys understood those times to not be truthful. <laughs> but, like, we'll be talking, and you'll be like, wait, 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 wait. 
that happened? I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that fucking happened for real. This you, happened yesterday. You are a man of surprising tales. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we told you last episode that uh, we were going to have a fun one this week. Yes. And this week we are going to be covering the Kelly Hopkinsville Encounter. Probably never heard of it. I hadn't either. Maybe some of you have. Who's Kelly? It's not a person. It's a place. I haven't heard of it As either. is Hopkinsville. And this happened in the region around these two places, so they just mushed them together. Cool. Yeah. Lazy, but cool. So, uh, we're glad to have you guys here with us for another Martinis and the Macabre first. Aliens. Yay. Woo! And it's not that aliens are fun. They could be. We don't know. But it's different. It's different. So, more specifically... This is what is called the Kelly Hopkinsville Encounter, and it happened in 1955 in Christian County, Kentucky, here in the U.S., so just south of us, Indiana folk. This case is considered by ufologist, ufologist, I think it's ufologist. I think it's ufologist, unidentified flying object. Ufologist, ufologist, those guys, to be one of the most well-documented and significant cases in UFO incident history as it was allegedly witnessed by five adults and seven children. I'm not going to knock your profession, but, but if you mention it at a dinner party, you're going to get weird looks. You know, it's like, you know, I, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a doctor, um, you know, general medicine. I practice out of here. Oh, I'm a, I'm a psychiatrist, and, you know, I practice out of here. And he's like, I'm a ufologist. I study shit that we don't even fucking know is real, but why not? <laughs> Well, uh, it's considered to be one of the most well-documented. Now, one of the sources say it was witnessed by five adults and seven children, um, but we'll get to the conflicting accounts of that here in a minute. When was this? This was in 1955. I wasn't there, so it didn't fucking happen. Skeptics including... Bum, bum, bum! Balls Deep Joe Nickel! We're going to fist fight. <laughs> Say it was misidentification of natural phenomena due to, quote, effects of excitement. We always give him shit. I'm sure he's a pleasant man. He probably is. But he's our balls deep Joe Nickel. So we're going to try to lay it out for you so you can kind of make your own decision on this. This alleged incident took place in a little rural town called Kelly. And that was near the small city of Hopkinsville. So I don't know what the difference between this rural town and small city is. They're both just little fucking places. The kind of places you can hyphenate together. Exactly. Hence the name. I really thought Kelly was a person. But it's also known as the Hopkinsville Goblins case or the Kelly Greenman case. I like both. There was a farmhouse there that the Sutton family lived in. And on the night of August 21st, 1955, there were two families present at the farmhouse, which was owned by the Sutton family. Now, Wikipedia will tell you there were 12 people in total, 5 adults, and 7 children. But most of the resources I found claim it was 11 people, most likely 8 adults, and 3 children. This is all in a house? Well, there were two different families. One family was visiting. Okay, I was about to say there's too many humans in one building. (laughs) And it's a big farmhouse out in rural Kentucky. I'm sure there were a lot of people. But uh, some of the quote-unquote adults i think were children of the matriarch of the family so maybe that's where the details kind of got misconstrued because they are her children but they're not 
physically children. They're technically adults. I mean, I can't verify it. I wasn't there. But it's most likely eight adults and three children. This included matriarch Glennie Langford and the three children, Lonnie, Charlton, and Mary, as well as two of her grown sons from a previous marriage, the unofficial patriarch Elmer Lucky Sutton and his wife Farah, and John Charlie J.C. Sutton and his wife Aileen. So they're all part of the same family. There's the grandma, and she's got three underage children, and her two grown sons and their wives. See, I already don't believe this story because there's somebody there nicknamed Lucky. If a man named if a man tells Lucky you Lucky and J.C. If a man tells you a story, he's like, I'm telling you the truth. His here's the gospel. Go ask Lucky. No, I'm not going to. I don't believe any of this now. Well, also, Aileen's brother, O.P. Baker, was there, along with Billy Ray Taylor and his wife, June. Billy Ray. Oh, my God. Yep. And they were friends from out of state who were visiting and having dinner. So that makes the second. Not really, I, I guess you could call it a family, but it was basically just him and his wife. Some sources say they may have had a child there, but it gets kind of hanky on exactly who all was there. But that was the most detailed information I could find as far as who was there. 11 people total. The matriarch Glennie and her children and their wives, and then Billy Ray and his wife. But the the main people we need to look at here are Glennie, who's the matriarch, the grandma, and then her son Lucky and his friend Billy Ray. Lucky and Billy Ray. Now take their word for it, guys. <laughs> even in 1955, the Sutton farmhouse still did not have running water. This that is, wasn't uncommon. This is rural Kentucky in a farmhouse, so. Oh my. What? Outhouses. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey. I didn't think about that. Your main boy, Billy, used an outhouse once. What, when you went to Tennessee? When I went to Tennessee. Yep. Those of you that don't know, the town we live in, Muncie, which you guys have figured out by now. We've told you guys. We're all Find from, us on Netflix. We're and all, Armed and Famous. We're all from Tennessee. I'm not. Except Erica. She's the one. Yeah. Everyone comes from Tennessee up to Muncie for some reason. I don't know why. What's the road that comes through the interstate? There used to be a joke. It's like I seventy or some shit like that. Three State Road Three. State Road Three, but it was like in 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 Tennessee. State Road Three runs straight north and south. Yeah. Okay, so that was that was like the jokes. Like in Tennessee, they teach three things: reading, writing, and State Road Three. <laughs> That's like a joke. That's like and a. And what's real... the town everyone lives at down there that they come up here from? Oh, Jamestown. Jamestown. Jamestown, right. Tennessee. Yeah. And you would not believe how many residents I've had, elderly people, and. They have that twang, and I go, you from Tennessee? And they go, uh-huh. How'd you know? Let me guess. Jamestown? They all sound the same. I've had so many residents yeah. that have come from Jamestown, Tennessee. You been there? <laughs> you been there? You know, to be like, yeah. yeah, okay, yeah, I've been there. You from Jamestown? No. I shit in an outhouse when I was 12. <laughs> or um, Birdstown. Jamestown or Birdstown, Tennessee? I've never met anyone from I've Birdstown. It's always Jamestown. Anyway, we're not talking about either of those. We're talking about Kelly Hopkins. Yeah, let's get on this because the whole beginning of this reminded me of Genesis. <laughs> you said so I'm many just, fucking names. I'm, I'm trying to lay it out so everyone has an idea that there were this many witnesses, and that's why this is so highly acclaimed as one of the most highly respected incidents of a alien interaction because there were so many witnesses that all had the exact same story. Highly respected. Highly respected. Among ufologists. Lucky and Billy Ray. (laughs) 
And that's what some people said, I'm sure. Spin a yarn that <laughs> I tell you is just the God's honest truth. Well, uh, since they didn't have running water, around about 7 p.m., Billy Ray went outside to the family's well to get some water from the pump. And a bright light in the western sky caught his attention, and he looked up to see a disc-shaped object with rainbow-colored light approaching the ground. I bet the first thing he said was, golly. <laughs> shazam, shazam, shazam. Hey, y'all come out here like this. <laughs> his eyes followed it until it landed in a gully about a quarter of a mile away. And Billy Ray, of course, hurried back inside to tell the others what he had seen. I saw some aliens and they were drunk as shit. They crashed <laughs> into the water. Well, no one believed him and they started laughing it off as he'd just seen a shooting star and they were like, whatever, Billy Ray. Well, I bet he's used to hearing that. Whatever, Billy Ray, <laughs> shut up and get the fucking water. Well, around 8 p.m., so just about an hour later... The families began to hear strange noises outside the house, and the Sutton's dog began barking violently. I didn't get a name on the dog, but the dog's name isn't Lucky. That's the owner's name. So what do you think the dog's name would have been? Him. Him? Him. Get over here. Get on over here. <laughs> or the dog's name is... <laughs> when, the dog's acting, when the dog started barking violently, which I don't know what the fuck that is. When the dog barks, it barks. But you're like... <laughs> Get on him! <laughs> Sit down! <laughs> Billy Ray, come get your dog! <laughs> I can't, Paul. There was a light out there. It was like a star, but it was dancing. <laughs> Shut up, Billy Ray. <laughs> well, the exterior of the farmhouse wasn't lit, so Lucky and Billy Ray decided to go outside to investigate, and they saw the dog run under the house to hide, where it stayed all night, Refusing to leave its hiding place. I'm not going to lie. This is... You're describing <laughs> how horror movies start. Mm-hmm. Lucky and Billy Ray, Billy Ray went out to investigate. You're giving me the plot to a zombie apocalypse movie. <laughs> well, then the two men saw a bright light approaching the house. And within the light was a strange, unidentifiable creature. The two ran back inside. Lucky grabbing a shotgun and Billy grabbing a rifle. They ran back out as the creature was still approaching... It was three to four feet tall, which is a little over a meter, and described as having, quote, large eyes, a long, thin mouth, large ears, thin, short legs, and hands ending in claws, end quote. <laughs> and this episode on the website, I actually, uh, it's a, a picture with three different um, drawn descriptions of the aliens by the family members. So if you want to see what they claim they saw... That is the, the picture I used for this episode on the website, martinisandthemacabre.com. Lucky was like, that's one of them near chubacabris. And the Billy Ray's like, you mean chubacabra? And he was like, oh, well, excuse me, Javi fucking air. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, la. <wow. coughs> I was like, well, excuse moi, Jose. And then they're like, excuse me, excuse me, it's French. Oh, we oui, we oui, poo-poo. <laughs> <laughs> well, this creature was a metallic silver color and emitted a greenish light that got brighter when it moved. But as it moved, its legs stayed straight while the hips swayed back and forth, similar to what you would see when a person wades through water. And some reports claim the creature had its arms up in a surrender pose or a friendly gesture. As one would. Now, with the creature about 20 feet or about 6 meters away... Lucky and Billy Ray decided to shoot first and ask questions later. 
That's what you do if you're an alien. If you see Lucky and Billy Ray with guns, you put your fucking hands in the air. And then they still shoot at you anyway. They still did it. (laughs) When they fired the guns, the noise sounded, quote, like bullets being rattled about in a metal drum, end quote. And amazingly, the creature did a backflip and fled into the woods. They tried to follow it, but right after stepping down off the porch, they saw either the same creature or another just like it, perched on one of the house's awnings. There's probably another one just like it. I mean, if this is what happened, he ain't driving the car alone. <laughs> Somebody's there with him. Probably his nagging fucking wife, am I right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, honestly, it had to be another alien because it would be, the aliens themselves would be like, okay, I want to go down there. You fucking post up here. Watch my back. And then the alien didn't have enough time to be like, they got guns, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, wait, wait, whoa, whoa, don't, don't shoot. And then they started shooting and then shit got real. Yep. And then, and then the alien was like, do that backflip you always do. It'll freak them out. And he was like, Hoo-ha! and he did it and nothing happened. But I mean, still. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need so, Joe Nickel. I cracked the case. <laughs> so, of course, they fired the weapons at the one on the awning. And again heard the metallic rattling sound. And the creature seemed to get knocked off the roof, but once it was on the ground, it seemed unharmed and took off. So they're firing all these bullets at him, hearing all these metallic clangs, and the creature or creatures don't seem to be harmed. Only when they're in contact with Earth, it seems. They got knocked off and on him, but as soon as it hit, as soon as it, like, you know, reached the ground and found purchase it didn't it was unfazed i mean fuck his buddy just did a backflip like i mean apparently i wonder if that has something to do with like magnetic you know the magnetic poles i don't know but there's more at this point lucky and billy ray thought fuck this and retreated into the house to inform the others of what they had just witnessed that's the first smart thing they've done (laughs) But within minutes of their return, Lucky's brother, J.C., cried out that the creature was peering through one of the farmhouse's windows. The men shot through the screen at close range, then ran outside expecting to find the creature dead on the porch, but there was nothing there. As they were looking for it, a clawed hand reached down from the roof and attempted to grab at Lucky's hair. They shot at it, but it reportedly floated to the ground and scurried into the woods. It didn't fall, it floated. Am I the only one thinking of the movie Signs? Yeah. Like how it's in the house at the end, you know? Mm, could be. But then Lucky saw a creature on a tree limb to his right, and he shot at it. Once again, it didn't show signs of injury and just fled. So everyone returned to the house for the next several hours, and they seemed to be under siege. Scurrying and scratching would be heard across the roof, and tapping was heard on the walls, and the creature or creatures would randomly pop up in doorways or windows almost playfully and would be shot at each time. One of those times, a creature was shot at nearly point-blank range in which the shot made the same rattling noise and the creature was left unharmed once again, floating to the ground before taking off. Now, this went on until about 11 p.m. when the family matriarch, Glenny calmly tried to remind the family that none of the creatures had actually tried to hurt anyone nor had any entered the house. She's got a point. She suggested they go to the police, and the families decided to make a break for it. So they ran out during a lull in activity, filling two cars, and driving to the police station near Hopkinsville. All of them, the whole group, en masse, were getting the fuck out of here and telling somebody about this shit. So they fought these things off for three hours with shotguns and rifles, before finally deciding they're going to get the fuck out. (laughs) 
you know this sounds like I'm being very stereotypical, but I still I I can't think of the opening you know opening number of um, Beverly Hillbillies where Grandma's like in a chair on top of the car and they're all driving. Listen to a story about a man named Jed, poor mountaineer. It really seems like I'm giving him a lot of flack, but I can't. Like that's 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 the grandma, you know what I mean? The grandma that's in Beverly Hillbillies on top of the car. I think that grandma would have said, "Shoot him, shoot the fuckers." She wouldn't have cared. Yeah, she she would have murdered. She them. wouldn't have been the voice of reason. <laughs> well, at the police station, they were all agitated and visibly frightened as they told their story to Police Chief Russell Greenwell, crying for help and telling him, "Quote: We've been fighting them for nearly four hours." Lucky and Billy Ray claimed there had been 12 to 15 creatures, but after calming down and thinking about it, they admitted that the most they had actually seen at one time was two creatures. So it was unclear if it was really a dozen or just the same two popping up in different spots. The police didn't necessarily believe the story of the haunting creatures, but Greenwald would later assess the group as being frightened by something, quote, beyond reason, not ordinary, end quote. He stated, quote, these were not the sort of people who normally ran to the police. Something frightened them, something beyond their comprehension, end quote. So one police officer with medical training claimed that Billy Ray's pulse was assessed and was double the normal heart rate, so that's at least 120 beats per minute because the low end of normal range is 60, so it had to be at least 120. And that's after the 30-minute drive to the police station where you think he'd be calming down and relaxed. One of my questions, one of the very first questions I would ask if I was in charge there, not in charge of the family, the grandma really made the right call, is, um, so, Lucky, I'm saying this with as straight a face as I can, four hours? Four hours. Um, how many fucking rounds did you have? <laughs> like, did you have a cachet Well, it wasn't nonstop. You know, one would pop up, they'd shoot out and run away. 20 minutes later, another one would pop up, they'd shoot at it and run away. So it wasn't like constant shooting and firing. It just went on for a very long period of time. Because, I mean, they had breaks in it. That's how they managed to get out to the car and take off, is they left during a, a lull in the activity when it wasn't popping up. I wonder if, like, these aliens are from, like, a planet where they're, like, the real assholes who always start shit. You know what I mean? The, the rowdy teenagers. Yeah, where they're, like... Oh, is Sneezy and are they? Are they? Did they leave again? Fuck, where'd they go? Uh, they 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 left to uh, Earth. Earth, it's Earth, Steve. There's an alien named Steve, by the way. Hmm. Earth, Steve, come on, read a book. And when they arrived, and he got shot at and and did that parkour shit, and he was just like, hey, you know what? Let's do what we did on fucking Venus. Let's fuck with these guys for fucking hours. Let's see what they fucking do. Don't even do anything. Just keep a straight face the entire time. Let's go. You take the back of the house. I'll take the front. Just keep popping up. Fuck it. What are they going to do? Shoot us? We did that one time as teenagers. A little side story here. Um, Was with a whole bunch of friends in high school, maybe freshman year. And we were screwing around on our local college campus, walking around, just hanging out, doing stupid shit. And we... Past this laundromat, it's one of those coin-operated ones where it's open like 24 hours. And for some reason, we thought it would be really hilarious for all of us to walk in single file. There was maybe seven of us. And just keep completely straight face and just walk like in a zigzag all through the place and just walk back out and creep out all the people that were in there. The fucking owner chased us off. 
ran us out of the building, and we weren't fucking doing anything except walking through. I didn't know that. You never told me that story. Yeah. <laughs> I was with, like, Amanda and Matt and all them. I like, yep. Matt. I like Matt. He's a good guy. Yep. So uh, we got ran off for just being there. Oh, Billy's losing his balls. Oh, man. It takes forever to get this thing back in. Why are you messing with it? I don't know, because I'm, I'm, I'm new boot goofing. Go ahead. You, you continue. Nothing to see here. His ball for his earring. Oh, it takes forever, huh? First try. Wow. All right. Erica, go. I'm going. All right. I'm doing it. I'm going all the way. So based on the entire group's demeanor and the concern over the shots fired and other potential gunfights possibly taking place, they were moved to send some reinforcements. Four city police officers, five state troopers, three deputy sheriffs from different jurisdictions. Really felt put out when they had to answer the call. Like, guys, fucking just go there. Well, and as well as four MPs from the nearby Army Post Fort Campbell descended on the Sutton property. They investigated the area for almost two and a half hours. No signs of the creatures were found. But there were a hell of a lot of bullet holes in the house and nearby trees, and there was spent ammunition all over the property. So they, they were had evidence at, they were shooting, they were at, shooting something. at something. One account claims something emitting a green glow was discovered near a fence that night. It was photographed, but not collected. It was gone by the next morning, but the description given is consistent with Foxfire, which I guess is the folk name of like a bioluminescent fungus that can be found on decaying wood. So it may have just been that. But since they didn't take it to test, we will never know. That's a thing? Yep. It's a thing. I want to see one. <laughs> the families involved, as well as neighbors from nearby farmhouses, were all interviewed independently, and they all gave consistent stories. Some members of the family even drew sketches of the beings, which, like I said, you can find on the website for the link to this episode. All of which were incredibly similar, except for Billy Ray, who alone stated that the creatures had antennae. An author named Carol Ann Barnett wrote in 1998, quote, By all accounts, the witnesses were deemed sane, not under the influence, like of drugs or alcohol, and in such a state of terror... No one involved doubted they had not seen something far beyond their ken. In almost all of the resources I looked into, there is a quote by a, it's listed as Daniels and all, which like means Daniels and others. And it states, quote, investigators did conclude, however, that these people were sincere and sane and that they had no interest in exploiting the case for publicity, end quote. Now, I don't know how all of these sites quoted someone or someone's, without sourcing who this person even was. And I could not for the life of me find out about anyone named Daniels in the research, but I thought I would include it here since it is so widely quoted, even without anyone seeming to know who the hell even said it or wrote it. But I, I figured I would include it here just because I found it in so many different resources, but I could not track down where they got this quote from. Could have been a cop. A researcher, an author, I honestly don't know. And I always try to source quotes, but I figured I would include it here just so you guys are aware. Anyway, neighbors reported hearing strange sounds and seeing strange lights earlier in the evening. They also heard the loud gun battle that had taken place. A state highway trooper that had been near Kelly around 11 p.m. that night reported seeing, quote, meteor-like objects in the sky, quote, 
with a sound like artillery fire coming directly from them. You know, it just made me think of the neighbors. They're like, did you see anything strange? Like, oh, no. Um, I had my whole family lay face first on the ground because they were shooting. <laughs> they were shooting a lot. Did you hear anything strange? Yeah. Gunfire. A lot of it. So, I mean... They have all the bullet holes, they have all the, the casings and stuff, and they have the neighbor saying, yeah, we heard a lot of fucking shooting. And then you got this cop saying, yeah, I did see some lights in the sky. And then he says that he heard sounds like artillery fire, but this was also around the time that the two families were fleeing the farmhouse during the lull in action. So some might say the shooting the trooper heard couldn't have come from the families as they were running to the cars and taking off. But depending on exact times, you know, if they were off on the time that they actually left the farmhouse and the cop was accidentally off on the time he heard these sounds, it's it's possible that he was just hearing the shooting before the action actually stopped. Police and investigators left the property about 2.15 a.m. And the Taylors left too by Billy Ray. And the Suttons thought they would try to at least get some sleep. But soon after drifting off around 3.30 a.m., a noise at her window woke Glenny, the matriarch, the grandma. And when her eyes focused, she saw one of the creatures looking in her window. Another standoff took place, lasting until about 4.45 a.m., when the last of the creatures was seen. When two police officers returned in the morning to check on things, neighbors informed them that the family had fucking packed up shortly after the second standoff and headed up to Evansville, Indiana to spend some time away. As you would. Good call. <laughs> Police and military did a second search of the property, but nothing new was found. So the very morning of the family's departure, August 22nd, 1955, the Kentucky New Era newspaper was already reporting the case. The report claimed that, quote, 12 to 15 little men, end quote, had been seen, which was factually inaccurate as the families never reported that they were little men, and that the initial count of 12 to 15 creatures had been changed because the most ever seen at one time was two creatures. Now, of course, the story blew up all over the press, and with it, the story changed every time. It's that telephone game where you tell somebody one thing, and then they change the story a little bit, and then it changes again. Oh, you got to keep their attention. Change it up. <laughs> the size varied from 2 feet to 4 feet. Then they had yellow eyes that glowed, and eventually it was little green men which is not what they ever said. And that's where the phrase we commonly refer to when speaking about aliens or ETs came from. When we say little green men, it originated with this case. But the families themselves had never reported that they were green at all. They said they were metallic and emitted a greenish glow. The property soon became a tourist attraction with gawkers swarming to either see the site of an alien encounter or to see the site of one of the biggest alien hoaxes in U.S. history. The Suttons and their neighbors tried continually to shoo people away, as they didn't want the attention. They later thought that maybe charging the sightseers an entrance fee was discouraged them, but that just made the naysayers claim that it was indeed a hoax created for the goal of making money. So at that point, the Suttons began refusing all visitors, and refused to talk about the ordeal publicly or in the media. Now, eventually, the Suttons reportedly moved away from the area altogether to distance themselves from what had happened and the unwanted publicity that followed, but I do not know where they moved to. Now, the family stuck to their stories with no wavering on details, despite the cries of a hoax. The sheer fact that a few of the family members worked for a carnival somehow contributed to the belief of a hoax, 
The local neighbors <laughs> that knew the families claimed they were honest people who wouldn't make up such a story. Well, that doesn't help, though. Yeah, but not all carnies are pieces of shit. I'm not saying that at all. <laughs> but people assumed, oh, well, they're carnies. They must be making this up for some reason. I don't know how that automatically makes you a liar and a cheat and wanting to create a hoax. I'm not saying that, but I get where they're like, well, you know, they're carnies, right? And then one person's like, oh, okay. I see where this is going. I, you know, sure. I get it. Some people accuse them of being drunk or high on drugs. The officials never claimed any such thing about the family during their statements or the following investigation. But why would all of these people, including children, make up such a story and be able to stay consistent on all of the details? I mean, if you were making it up and having your kids make it up, you'd think eventually the kids would, like, slip up too. Yeah. Nobody did. They did Especially the kids, because if they're lying about something under pressure, they'll, they'll fold. Yeah, they didn't seek out publicity or try to profit off of it, and actually it cost them money, as the house was, of course, in need of serious repair after firing so many fucking shots at windows and doors. (laughs) Guns tend to do that. Yeah. In 2002, Lucky's daughter, Geraldine Hawkins, was quoted publicly about what her father said took place in 1955 before she was ever born. She said that she had only first heard about the incident when he granted an interview to two writers in the late 1960s. Geraldine was only seven or eight at that time and recalled sitting and listening to her father tell his story to the authors. He would later only rarely account the story to his children when they could catch him in the right mood. He usually didn't want to talk about it. She fully believed what Lucky said. Quote, it was a serious thing to him. It happened to him. He said it happened to him. He said it wasn't funny. It was an experience he said he would never forget. It was fresh in his mind until the day he died. It was fresh in his mind like it happened yesterday. He never cracked a smile when he told the story because it happened to him and there wasn't nothing funny about it. He got pale and you could see it in his eyes. He was scared to death. End quote. Poor guy. So, of course, numerous ufologists and scientists and hoax criers have investigated the Kelly Hopkinsville case over the years. Just two years after the event, the U.S. Air Force's official conclusion on the case, led by Major John E. Albert, was the result of the witnesses seeing, quote, a monkey painted silver that escaped from a circus, end quote. They're carnies. And that the event was exaggerated by Glennie Langford's imagination. Yep, silver monkeys from a circus. That is what our government's military officially claimed. Ufologist Isabel Davis rejected this claim as absurd. Quote, monkeys are hairy creatures. Monkeys have long tails. Monkeys are notorious chatterboxes. And monkeys struck by bullets bleed and die. No <laughs> amount of optical <laughs> illusion can explain a mistake of this magnitude. End quote. She's got a point. I mean, <laughs> monkey- nobody described them as having tails. Nobody said they made any noise. And um, they do I didn't bleed. see any corpses of monkeys laying around. <laughs> and with that many shots, even if you're a shit shot with a rifle, statistically... And a shotgun. And a shotgun, statistically, you'd have hit one. Yeah. Especially one that was at point-blank range. Yeah. And especially if you have a second standoff, <laughs> that increases <laughs> the odds a lot more. Ken Gerhard, a cryptozoologist, stated that it's, quote... 
a theory more ridiculous than the notion of invading aliens, end quote. And that's what our government said. <laughs> All right, so one of the most respected UF re- UFologists. One of the most respected UFO researchers, Dr. J. Allen Hynek, reported the case in his book, The Hynek UFO Report. His retort to the Air Force's claims was this, quote, I did make an attempt to find out whether there had been any traveling circuses in the area from which some monkeys could have escaped. The monkey hypothesis fails, however, if the basic testimony of the witnesses can be accepted. Under a barrage of gunfire from Kentuckians over a somewhat extended period, it is unthinkable that at least one cadaver would not have been found. See what I say? Statistically, (laughs) you had to have hit one. Furthermore, monkeys do not float down from trees. They either (laughs) jump or fall. (laughs) <laughs> I like how they do it officially, you know, it's like, oh, and for the record, never see one float, ever, fucking ever. And anyway, I was unable to find any trace of a traveling circus, end quote. So I guess we can mark escaped silver-painted monkeys from the circus off the short list of possibilities. And if that is what happened, get your ass to the circus and pay some money to see some floating silver-painted monkeys. Yeah. That's neat. The other main explanation touted by skeptics is that the lights in the sky were meteors and the little alien men were really owls, both of which were misidentified due to, quote, the effects of excitement. You, they, you still would have killed one. Well, and who would put forth this conclusion? My man. None other than the Committee for Skeptical Inquiry member, Balls Deep Joe Nickel. <laughs> Well, actually, it was put forth by a French researcher named Renaud Leclerc in 2001. But do you really think that the great Joe Nickel was just going to take that at face value? Of course not. Fuck he was no. going to research the incident himself and come up with the same conclusion four years later. Oh, my God, Erica. Balls deep. She's sweating and she just took off her shirt. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the Hopkinsville Chamber of Commerce actually hired Joe to give a talk at their Little Green Men Festival in 2005 for the 50th anniversary of the event. The community celebrates the incident every year on the third weekend of August, so start planning now because it's quickly approaching. They were like, get Joe. We need (laughs) Joe. Joe interviewed surviving witnesses and went through the town's old records and newspaper archives, and he quickly dismissed the lights in the sky seen by Billy Ray and the cop in the area as meteors from the Kappa Cygnids meteor shower that was taking place at the time. He then claimed but, that... I'm sorry, but if you're an alien, is that the best time to show up? <laughs> Under the cover of darkness, but not darkness, meteors. <laughs> he then claimed the aliens were actually great horned owls, otherwise known as eagle owls. These owls are common to the local area. They are nocturnal, of course. They have large yellow eyes and stand about two-thirds of a meter tall fly silently, and are known to aggressively or belligerently per one source. I just immediately imagined an owl fucking berating you with a slew of vulgarity as it approached. (laughs) I'm coming for you, motherfucker! Yeah. Here's the thing, though. Don't all birds fly silently? Yeah, I suppose. I mean, mean, maybe you don't hear their wings flapping I mean, if they don't don't do the whole caw, then they're flying silently. I guess. I don't know. You know what I thought of when when you say like he quickly dismissed it like he he like they explained all this he was like no you didn't like that was it that, that was his whole thing no you didn't you saw now 
But there, sir, I... No, ow. But, yeah, the last point I was making are known to aggressively defend their nests. During August, these birds are feeding their young and have been known to attack humans that come too close. They hunt an hour after sunset, which happens to be about the time that the gun battle started. So, of course it's owls, right? Duh. Ball's Deep Nickel concluded, quote, In summary, allowing for the heightened expectation prompted by the earlier flying saucer sighting, and for the effects of excitement and nighttime viewing, it seems likely that the famous 1955 Kelly incident is easily explained by a meteor and a pair of territorial owls. What a hoot. And that's his quote, not mine. I what guarantee you when he said the flying saucer theory or whatever, mm-hmm. I guarantee you he air quoted that. <laughs> he did. <laughs> it's quoted. The flying, flying saucer. saucer. Mm-hmm. And I should have looked to see if he got like booed off stage for basically calling their whole festival a sham. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah this this is all based on bullshit hey y'all need to quit doing this shit every fucking year it's owls stupids <laughs> quit throwing rocks at me <laughs> so balls deep and i've noticed as i went through this outline here i've just progressed to just referring to him as balls deep so that's his new nickname to me uh and that french totally dude totally that fine. french dude in 2001 uh, they both made some good points. There definitely was a meteor shower that night, so I'm inclined to think that that is probably what Billy Ray saw. That doesn't really explain how he saw rainbow-colored lights and shit like that on it, but that's probably what he saw. And there are definitely similarities between what the witnesses claim to see and what the owls look like. But there are some details that the witnesses recounted that sound nothing like these owls that aren't explained. Never seen an owl do a backflip, just saying. <laughs> so uh, let's go over those. And if you guys think of any that I may have missed in this, please let us know on social media. Go to our Facebook page, Martinis in the Macabre, or our fan page, Friends Who Like Martinis in the Macabre. Instagram, Martinis in the Macabre. Twitter is Martini underscore Macabre. Or hit us up with an email. Um, go to the website. There's a contact page. Or you can email us directly at martinismcob at gmail.com. Or create your own podcast and just say you guys are wrong. And make that your only episode. I'll, I'll listen. <laughs> That'd be funny. It's like the, tie, like the, 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 the podcast is called Billy and Erica Don't Know Shit. <laughs> and the only episode you put out is and wrong. All they, and all they do is critique every episode. And every episode wrong. is like five minutes and they're like well on this episode we're going to talk about how billy and erica were talking out of their ass about aliens (sighs) owls bye (laughs) (laughs) all right so brought to you by joe nickel.com hashtag joe nickel hashtag balls deep (laughs) hashtag balls deep woo all right so these are some things that really stood out to me that I, i put on this list and like i said if i'm if i don't say something that you catch then please let us know So first off, how is an owl going to be misinterpreted as being metallic silver and giving off a greenish glow? Now, I haven't seen an owl at night close up myself, but I'm betting it doesn't look silver and it doesn't glow. Just saying. That'd be awesome if it did. That'd be kind of cool. I'm sure there are owls that are silver. I'm sure. Like the Arctic Arctic ones maybe have a silver. But I saw pictures of this owl specifically, and it's got like a brownish gray color to it that maybe the gray parts might look metallic but it wouldn't fucking glow green yeah 
And here's something that I think. I just thought of this. is like if you live in a farmhouse, a farmhouse of all places, it'd be like, Billy Ray, stop shooting. It's a fucking owl. Because they live out in a farmhouse. They know what mm-hmm. fucking owls look like. Next one. What's the explanation for them having long arms that were raised into the air? Wings look nothing like humanoid arms. And owls don't go around holding their wings over their heads. I don't know and if they any said bird that can do that. And they, they, they said they, they their arms ended in claws. The only claws that the owls have are down on their feet because they don't have arms to raise over their head with but, claws. Okay, but if a wing is fully extended, again, I don't see how a bird can do that going vertical. Yeah. They spread wings. Floating up, glowing with the rings but, in the air. But at the very ends of the wings, the feathers, those are long. They, I mean, if it was a silhouette, I can see how you would think. But like, I can see how you would think it's claws, but there's no way you didn't first think that's a wing. Yeah. From a bird. Well, the next thing is the sizes. The families reported the beings were three to four feet tall or a little over a meter. I'm not saying they can't get that big, but owls do get big. Well, these owls are only two thirds of a meter in height. Or about two feet. So that's a good one to two foot difference. God, it's a big fucking bird. Yeah. Now the movement, the creatures were reported to be walking as if wading through water. Like, no movement in their legs, but there was movement in their hips. Owls don't walk around swaying their hips. At least none that I've seen. Unless you're a sassy owl. (laughs) And... Boy. mm Mm-mm. And actually, there aren't that many birds that walk. Most of them hop. Yeah. Well, so, owls do walk. I've seen that. Because people have domesticated them, and they'll, they'll they'll walk. And when they walk, they do kind of sass their head about. Mm-hmm. But not their hips. I love owls. They're my second favorite animal. Next to? Monkeys. What happened to foxes? I love foxes, but monkeys are my favorite animal. But owls are second? They're over foxes? Yes. Get out. I love foxes. I lo- so do I. I love foxes, but it's monkey because monkeys are my favorite animal because I have never seen an animal so happy to be an animal. A monkey is a monkey and is perfectly cool with being a monkey. And owls are, to me, kind of fucking majestic in a way. Like they, the, the way they hunt, the way they live, the, 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 their natural camouflage, they're fast, they're, they can turn their head 180 degrees. And foxes are cute. There. There you go. All right, guys. So listen up soon for our divorce proceedings. Yeah, this is our last episode. All right. I'm going to go pack my bags. Yeah. So, so yeah, the owls don't walk around swaying their hips. And these creatures were reported to do backflips and to float to the ground. Which is what I said. Never seen an owl do a backflip. Yeah, owls have to flap their wings to stay elevated off the ground. How would you do that if you were they're, a bird? They're not like hummingbirds that can hover in reverse course quickly. So there's no way them changing direction could be misinterpreted as a backflip. Maybe if they like, maybe if they like went towards you really fast and then showed you the inside of their wing and created drag and kind of used that to push them back. But we're talking some Matrix shit. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't see it. Ha- no, because even if it did that, it would kind of do more of a front flip than a back flip. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and if these owls were local and had a nest and were attempting to defend their nest, then why did the family not have any other interactions with them on any other day, just like you said, prior to or after the night of the incident? I mean, surely 
they would have seen or heard something beforehand, spotted an owl before, and they could go, hey, I recognize that. That's an owl. I mean, what could they have seen if it was an owl that they logically compared to what they experienced that night, where they could have misconstrued it? That brings up a good point, because they live out in the woods and everything. You'd think if they're a common bird, they would have seen them before and know how they act. Yeah. It's like, okay, if there's an owl's nest, why pick this night to attack a house if it's so threatening to you? You could have easily have just taken you and... You and Lucky could have just gone out and, and be like, oh, is, don't go over there. There's an owl nest over there, and they're pretty territorial. But just for them to be like, just I can't picture an owl being like, this is my house. And it's like, well, no, and the whole And the whole thing that got them outside, they weren't being attacked outside. The dog was barking. They went outside to investigate. So unless it was an owl attacking the dog. The dog died, but, under, the dog died under the house. It never came out. <laughs> But, I mean, surely that they would be able to logically say, that's an owl, that is not uh, an alien. And, I mean, and, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, because if this was a farm dog, an owl would not spook them. They had hours to identify these things. Hours. And never once could say, oh, wait, that's an owl. And yeah. why... Yeah, not one person stopped and was like, hey, quit shooting, that's an owl. Yeah, and why would the birds continue to quote-unquote attack through the whole night, despite the family remaining inside? I mean, if they're inside, the dog's under the house, the threat's removed, you'd think they'd back off and just return to hunting or tending to their babies. They have a nest to protect. Yeah. You would think they'd go They back. wouldn't keep coming up to your doors and windows. Yeah, like the, the owl keeps coming back and like, and one other thing. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't I happen. mean, their threat is gone. They need to go back to what their instincts tell them to do. Yeah. Hunt, feed your babies. And I'm not I'm not a zoologist or anything like that, but I would... You're not? No. Sorry. Aww. It's been a lie. I would flatter myself to the thought that if you shot out a window trying to shoot this thing, and if it's that aggressive... Guess what? It's coming through the fucking window at you. Mm -hmm. Trust me, I know. I have a bad history with birds. They'll fucking come after you. <laughs> they will come in windows at you. <laughs> like, I can't picture owls getting shot at and they take a window out and owls look at the other owl and it's like, no, don't go in. Just hang back and keep fucking with them. No! They're that aggressive. If, if they're defending their nest, then they're going to come in and attack mm -hmm. you. Yeah. And those, have you seen an owl's claws? They don't fuck around. Yeah. Those things are horrifying. Yeah, they got talons. And what's the explanation for not having at least one owl corpse on the grounds? And what would cause the metallic sound heard when the men fired the shots? So, for as many shots that the men took, and especially for how close some of the shots were reported to be, how could Lucky or Billy Ray not have hit at least one damn owl? They didn't find feathers. They didn't find blood. I mean, there was nothing. Yeah, but the sound... I have a theory on that. What's your theory? Dun. Glasses on. Ooh. So, I can understand the report of a round if you're in a confined space. Say, like, okay, so he shot at it outside, right? When mm -hmm. he did the backflip. But if he was on his but porch... But they were shooting from inside the house, too. Okay, okay. Now, if you're out on a range and you fire around, it goes pop! You know, but if you're in a room... That creates a different, it's like, it's like a pop and like a thunk sound, like a deep thunk, where it presses against your ears because of the air pressure in that room. Mm -hmm. Now, if you have all these rounds going off, 
You could say it sounds like anything. Shit, after about the fifth round, your hearing's not going to be that good anymore anyway. But when they originally started shooting, they were outdoors. Yeah. I could, if, if they were like, okay, we're in the yard and we started firing and it made that sound, that's weird. But if they were like on the porch with with, with a ceiling over them mm-hmm. and a wall behind them or the, the outside of the house behind them, which mm-hmm. is essentially a wall on a porch, yeah, that it would like pop, that, that pop would also go thunk, like loud, reverberating. Mm-hmm. It, it would be more like a boom than a pop because of where you are and the sound you know, but popping I off the surface. <clears throat> but I wouldn't equate that to the sound they're describing as, you know, a bullet rattling around inside a metallic drum. Maybe that's the best way they could describe it. But even if you've never fired a round before to any listeners or anybody else, imagine going outside in the field and screaming really loud and then using that exact same volume but screaming in a closet. It's going to be a lot louder because it's enclosed mm-hmm. and the sound is bouncing off the walls I could see how it would, like, you would think, like, oh, they made this sound when I shot them. No, the gun made that sound when you shot it in this space. Mm-hmm. And it affected the air. It affected the air pressure and it affected the air pressure against your eardrums. So where were the dead owls then? I don't know about that one. <laughs> I mean, that would be a pretty big target to miss. Especially if it's fucking slowly floating to the ground as opposed to falling or it's right up in your fucking window at point blank range (laughs) you see like a puff of feathers yeah (laughs) especially with a shotgun it'd be a red mist like a puff of feathers or claws however you want to describe it they could take this many shots for this many hours at allegedly these two owls some badass owls (laughs) and they can backflip away and float away and they don't get hit they don't bleed. There's no fucking feathers lost. Nothing. Really? Yes. I'm, I'm not saying it's aliens 100%, but I don't know that I'd buy the owl theory. It, that's where I'm at, too. I'm not saying it is or isn't aliens. It's not owls. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Sorry, balls deep, but it doesn't make any sense. Doesn't add up. At least 11 people, adults and children all verbally describe virtually the same creature, and some even drew virtually the same creature. That's no what one... got me. It was like, okay, you're saying it's this and this and this and this. Well, how do they all draw the same picture? Yeah, and you can look at the pictures, and I mean, although they're drawn differently because everyone has different artistic talent, Especially they're all fucking antennas. basically the same fucking thing. The gist. No one saw feathers or wings or reported seeing a flapping or hearing, you know, flapping of wings, no fucking feathers. What, no. if, what if one of the kids drew the picture, and we don't know about it, but drew the picture and on the bottom right-hand corner said it could be an owl. <laughs> 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 and that's what did it. And Joe Nickel was like, that's it right there. It yep. was a fucking owl. The kids said it. <laughs> I mean, no one described the creatures making sounds as you would expect from a bird of prey defending its nest. I mean, when aggressive birds swoop in for attack they usually have some kind of screech or call yeah, or to intimidate you to exactly scare you off. Yeah. no one reported anything like that the creatures were close enough to the witnesses that they all could describe the same specific details even independently and yet no one described anything owl-like their accounts never wavered and the authorities believed that they were all truly terrified while recounting their events you know you also kind of reminded me of a movie. A what? Documentary. The Revenant. Yeah? Do you remember the bear scene? Mm-hmm. 
It's one thing I learned. I learned that when I was young, watching movies and watching National Geographic. Oh, if you're ever out and about in the woods and you see bear cubs, you're dead. Yep. You're dead. That's it. It's done. Uh, It's already too late. They're very protective. And um, that bear was defending its cubs. To to the bear, Mm -hmm. she was defending her cubs, even though he was like... You could he tell. Just, you could even tell, like when he when when Leonardo, when Leonardo DiCaprio had his rifle, he like saw the cubs. He like put his rifle. Down. I was like, oh fuck, because it was right behind him. Yep. But what did the bear do? Kept coming back and kept being aggressive. You gotta tell me those birds didn't fly in the fucking house if they felt that their what's it called? What what was it when they lay eggs? What's it called? Huh? When birds lay eggs, their clutch. If they feel their clutch was in danger, they're gonna keep attacking you until you stop. Or until mm-hmm. they kill you. They're going to at least fucking screech. It doesn't make any fucking sense at all. I can grant it, you know, The Revenant's a movie. But that was, I believe that. Yeah. Oh, I mean, way. I've been swooped on by blue jays and other aggressive birds when there's been a nest in a tree that I didn't even fucking know about. Yeah. Just because I walked outside. But they screeched every single time. Yeah. And then as soon as I went inside, they went back up to the nest. They didn't keep swooping down because there was nothing down there to swoop at. And life hack. Speaking of bears, before we get back to this, because we're gonna be finishing up soon, um, there's a big survivalist hack. If you see a bear, open up your jacket and get really loud, uh-huh. and that's supposed to scare it off. The whole idea is to make yourself appear bigger mm-hmm. than you are. Um, it's a bear. You're gonna fucking die. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You're gonna die looking very bears silly. Bears don't easily intimidate. Yeah, <laughs> and don't climb up trees. They do it too. Yep. They'll just follow you up there. They're like, okay. Same thing for <laughs> large wild cats. They'll climb them too. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> at this point, you're not prey. Now they're just picking cherries. <laughs> just going to rip you out of the fucking tree. <laughs> I just, I just, I started to think what would happen if an owl actually attacked somebody. Those, again, those talons are Well, scary. if any of you have watched The Staircase, the little mini docu-series on Netflix involving a man who is accused of murdering his wife at the bottom of a staircase. The alternate theory to that is that she was attacked by an owl and looking at her head injuries, I could I could believe it. It looks like fucking talons yeah. raked across her head. And they can do that. I'm not saying that's what happened in that instance, mm-hmm. but they can do that kind of damage. Yeah. I mean, enough that she bled out just from cuts on her head. Yeah. And these are coming, and the owl, that's an animal that will, again, that's why I love them so much. They will swoop down, and you don't even know it happened, but they will swoop down and grab a fucking mouse. Yeah. Like it's just nothing. Snatch. Could you imagine if an owl tried mm-hmm. and went to your face with full 100% effort defending yeah. my family? They could force? easily fucking kill you. Oh, that's a wrap for you. Yeah. Well, this, this family's, the accounts never wavered. The authorities believe that they truly all believe that what they saw that night were alien creatures. So even if it wasn't, they believed that it was. And everyone that knew them or interviewed them or, you know, the police that took their statements, everyone was under the impression that everyone in this family truly believed what they had seen and described. So they believe that that's what happened. Then to them, that's their reality. And I don't know what it was. I, I, I really don't think it's owls. I don't know what else it could be described as. I mean, it's very possible that the meteors is what Billy Ray saw. And that, you know, of course did excite them or whatever. But if that drudged up that, you know, the effect of excitement, 
they laughed it off. They didn't believe him. Yeah. So. Billy Ray with his horse shit again. Yeah. So it wasn't like they were all perched at the windows looking outside for aliens. They were like, what the fuck ever? And went on with their dinner. Yeah. They were probably at the dinner table or whatever. And they're like, he went through. He was like, yeah, golly. Yeah, go. And he went through the whole thing. They're like, did you bring the fucking water in, Billy? Shit. I forgot. Get your ass back out there. <laughs> I could understand maybe a meteor if it's big enough because, you know, like, I'm going to get very nerdy, but they have gases in them, mm-hmm. you know. They're not, like, solid. They're, yeah. they're, they're porous. and They're burning up and... Maybe they, it gave off, like, methane or sulfur and it burned different as it entered the different atmosphere. Different colors maybe or something. Maybe it gave it a green yeah. glow. But people attacking your house, uh, that's different. And, I mean, there was a meteor shower, but he described specifically one bright thing streaking across the sky. He wasn't describing multiple. And I know they all rained down at different times. Could have been one that was larger or closer. I mean, it's it's very possible. I mean, they never found evidence, as far as I'm aware, of this supposed alien craft landing. Now, um, Lucky's daughter had said that her dad took her to the spot where they thought it landed and there was kind of like a a burnt out type area in the gully. I don't know if that's true or not. She says that's what he showed her. But he could have been showing her something that was caused by something else and saying, hey, that's where the ship landed. I mean, we don't, we don't know. It's all hearsay. Yeah. So... And I don't think it's that accurate anyway if it's nighttime. I'm like, I'll show you where it landed. Really? Could no, you? this was Cause... like 10, 15 years later because oh. she wasn't even born then. He took her back oh. to the property after he had, she you. had heard him telling the story. He took her back to the property and like showed her around because she was interested and supposedly showed her this spot. But after that long, why would there still be a burnout spot in the ground? I mean, and it still, probably like was I... not the site of a alien ship landing. And like I said before, like just because you were there and it hit the ground at night, it's nighttime. You know, if if, if you show me my backyard at night and then point at something, and then you show me at like three o'clock in the afternoon, it's kind of a different environment. Yeah. You know, so it's like okay, you saw this at night. It's daytime now. You can't be one hundred percent accurate. Plus, it was like fifteen years ago. That adds to it. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna tell me it's still scorched earth. Nobody even bothered to clean this shit up. Give me a break. Yeah. I I, I, I don't, don't believe that. I don't know that I believe that, but I also don't believe that it could be owls. I mean, yeah, there's similarities, but there's so many things that aren't similar that can't be explained by the owl theory. Yeah. So. Or a monkey. That don't work either. Yeah. No silver painted circus monkeys. <laughs> that was a reach, really, in my opinion. I'm like, okay. That really? was our official stance as a nation. Silver painted circus monkeys. <laughs> That's what we bring to the world. <laughs> you know, I would be, I would give the government more credit if they took the Joe Nickel path and were like, you know, owls are indigenous to this area. They were mm-hmm. probably I'd be like, okay, I could see that. Yeah. But they're like, silver painted monkeys that escape from a circus. I'd be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was silver painted monkeys. And I got cousins in Florida that wrestle gators. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I don't know how he wasn't separated from the military and lost all his benefits because... That man should not have ever spoke those words ever. <laughs> so, so tell us, what do you guys think? Let us know on our social media, like I mentioned, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Send us an email. Visit our website and get the contact page. We want to know what you guys think this could have been. Um, 
if you are totally 100% balls deep and want to go with the owls, let us know. Tell That's us fine. why. If not, we'd like to hear your other theories. So, thanks again for listening to this episode. If you liked what you heard, please, please, please get on iTunes. Leave us a five-star rating and a review. It so helps us tremendously with the visibility of the show. It makes us easier to find. Um, and it's easy to do. Yeah. Even if you don't have an iTunes account, just quickly set one up and, you know, five-star and say, hey, I like it. I mean, even if you don't want to take any more time than that, just the five stars means a huge amount to us. And you know what I would like is for you to create your own iTunes account. Go on, give us five stars, but then say you're going to create your own podcast debunking <laughs> everything we say. I'll be your first subscriber. Let us know that you've contacted Joe Nickel and he is going to be in-house for your first podcast. Because you know how when you rate it, you title it, it's like five stars. The title's like, sick of their shit. And then it's like you describing what you're going to do. Yeah, we would love that. And uh, sorry, people, if you listen to this whole podcast and you think that we're just stupid jokes and stuff, we try to be informative. This is a lighter one. We thought it'd be fun because uh, we want to cover all things that are kind of obscure and macabre and weird. I like the um, alien stuff. Not, not just murders and mayhem, but we like the other stuff, too. Um, so, yeah, please, when you spread the word, let everyone know this is a comedy podcast and we're not going to be, you know... Straight face. You know what I think? This is like a comedy podcast, but it's also like unsolved mysteries. Sometimes it's a murder. Sometimes it's a disappearance. Sometimes it's fucking aliens. But it's always funny. Yeah. Woo! All right. So, yeah, get on iTunes. You can also rate and review us, I think, on Stitcher. You can even do it on Facebook, I believe. Anywhere that you can get on there, kind of rate and review us. That would be greatly appreciated. Um, and please check out the other great podcasts on the Murderly Network and show them some love. You can find all of our podcasts at murder.ly. And there's all the links to, you know, where you can get us and the website and everything on there. So you can just go directly to that and it'll take you to everything. If you would like to support the show, uh, please go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash martinis in the macabre and make a pledge. Even just one little dollar pledge get you access to our patron only audio each month and we actually just recorded right before this our patreon episode for this month we're trying to do two a month we just recently had my father pass away so probably only doing one this month but uh get on there give us a pledge and you can have all that jazz and for just a few dollars more you can get some exclusive goodies and once again, thank you to our patrons, Kate, Hunter, Cooper, Bridget, Molly, and Sue. You guys have our undying love. Visit our website, martinisinthemacabre.com, to learn a little about us, listen to our complete episode catalog, or to listen to all of the songs created by Minimus Noah that we use at the end of each episode. Keep listening because another one will be at the end of this episode. And he just told me earlier this evening that he does have some new stuff that he's going to be sending to me, so... We'll probably be putting some of that in soon. And be sure to find his first official album release called Views on iTunes, Spotify, and many other music providers. I know I've said it before, but it's really good. It's very mature for his age. I mean, it's all, you know, instrumental or whatever you want to call it. There's no vocals, but it's really good music and amazing for a 13-year-old. For any questions, comments, topic suggestions, like I said, hit us up at martinisinthemacabre at gmail.com. Use the contact page. 
And thank you to Holly, who recently reached out to us via email to tell us she's filling her commuting time by listening to us. We're happy to fill your head with inappropriate knowledge and humor. So thank you for reaching out to us. Thanks. And once again, thanks so much for listening. We love you guys. Stay safe, Snuggle Bunnies, and we'll see you in two weeks. Bye-bye. Bye. try sometime but only with the little ones the big ones they bite you really hard but the little ones nibble nibble nibble